We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Ducks Dish podcast. It is Tuesday, August 16th, as we record this. Uh, have a helicopter flying by right as I hit record, of course. Uh, that'll teach me to close the window next time I start recording. Um, but uh, it's typically been pretty quiet today, so it uh, shouldn't be too loud. don't think it'll give us a lot of issues uh, on today's episode, but thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the Ducks Dish podcast. I'm your host, Max Torres, publisher and lead editor of Ducks Digest, covering the Oregon Ducks on Fan Nation, part of the Sports Illustrated Network. We have a jam-packed episode for you guys today. Uh, got about four or five stories that I want to hit on today. The main one, of course, being the latest football commitment for Dan Lanning and the Oregon Ducks. But before we get into today's episode, just wanted to give a big shout out to all of you that are tuned in watching us live on YouTube at youtube.com slash Oregon football Max Taurus. That's where you can typically find all of our episodes first on YouTube with the live stream before they get posted on the podcasting platforms. But uh, with all that being said, guys, uh, if you are here and in the live chat, definitely go ahead and drop a comment. Let me know what you're thinking. Uh, about the latest commitment, uh, what else is on your mind as a Duck fan? We have Trevor here. I believe he is a, a, a longtime supporter of the show. So great to have you here, Trevor. Trevor says, Sco Ducks. So throw a comment in there, ask me a question, and uh, I will do the best I can to get to it. Love interacting with the fans as this is a show for you guys uh, as we continue to build the Ducks Dish community. So with all that being said, the second time I'm saying that, Let's get into our first and main story of the show, and that is Oregon football landed a commitment on Monday afternoon from 2023 athlete Kenyon Sadiq. Uh, it was a bit of a surprise commitment because, well, you don't hear that too often, but the reason it was a surprise commitment is because Kenyon Sadiq announced a top three of Washington, Michigan, and Iowa State at the end of July. So clearly you don't see Oregon included uh, among those final schools. And then Monday comes around and the Ducks find themselves landing a new commitment. And uh, I'd say a pretty needed commitment. Um, just a little bit more background from, uh, uh, you know, Kenyon Sadiq and who he is, where he's coming from, that kind of a deal. Uh, he's listed at six foot three, 220 pounds, and he is a four-star athlete according to the 247 Sports Composite Rankings. 
and he attends Skyline Senior High School in Idaho Falls, Idaho. Kind of interesting there because you don't see Idaho as a state that uh, Oregon has recruited super heavily um, of late. I remember um, that uh, I want to say Devin Culp was out of uh, Idaho. I, I could be wrong. It was either Idaho or Spokane, um, but he was a, a former um, Oregon tight end commit that ended up playing his ball at Washington. So we don't need to talk about that, but interesting to see Oregon get a player out of Idaho just because it, it isn't a, a state, like I said, that they recruit super, super heavily. Uh, but Kenyon Sadiq is the number 310 player in the country, according to the 247 Sports Composite, number 20 athlete in the nation, and the top prospect in the state of Idaho. Uh, kind of a big discrepancy as far as the 247 Sports Composite rating here, ranking and the 247 ranking. I just went through the 247 Sports Composite ranking, but the 247 Sports ranking has him as the 149 overall player in the country and the number 11 athlete still top athlete in top recruit in the state of Washington, Idaho. My God, I can't keep my state straight. Got to slow down a little bit here. Um, But just digging into some more on this commitment and then we'll throw on some highlights. Uh, Kenyon Sadiq is the 15th overall commit for Oregon and Dan Lanning in the 2023 recruiting class. That class now ranks number 14 in the country by 247 Sports. So it's important for the Oregon to continue gaining momentum on the recruiting trail. Has certainly been a busy month of August for the Ducks. Four commits so far, uh, including Kenyon Sadiq. Month got started with 2023 Texas defensive lineman Terrence Green. Ducks stayed in the trenches to get Michael Gardner out of Arizona. Uh and then they got Kenyon Sadiq, and um, they also landed a commitment from, oh my gosh, I'm completely blanking. Give me a second here. Um, wow, this is embarrassing. Um, come on, come on. Oh, they also landed a commitment from Jerry Mixon, uh, had a bunch of... Uh, had a bunch of great thoughts on Jerry Mixon and what his commitment means for Oregon uh, on the latest episode of the Ducks Dish podcast. So if you guys haven't listened to that one, go ahead and give it a listen. It is here on YouTube on my channel as well. Uh, also talked about Mookie Cook, five-star forward who recommitted to Oregon uh, on that same day. So it was certainly a busy Friday for Oregon on the recruiting trail. But today we're going to be talking, like I said, more about Kenyon Sadiq and Oregon's latest commitment in the 2023 recruiting class. Going to go ahead and throw some highlights on the screen here so you guys can see what kind of a player Oregon is getting in Kenyon Sadiq. So like I said, Kenyon Sadiq is going to be playing football or tight end for Oregon once he gets to Eugene. Uh, That's kind of the beauty of him being uh, evaluated or – you know, described as an athlete, listed as an athlete. It, that's one of the things that I think is really interesting just about the recruiting uh, recruiting scene. When these guys are listed as athletes, it kind of just feels like it's a giant ball of clay and you can kind of do whatever you want, uh, you know, as far as just finding the right fit for a player on your team. But some, some stats uh, from Kenyon Sadiq in his junior season, he had 78 receptions for 1,162 yards. And he turned all of that into 19 touchdowns. So the dude is definitely a scoring machine. You saw some nice breakaway speed there on that last play. 
Um, you, you really like the athleticism and his ability to just make plays. You saw there him going up over the top there, uh, getting a nice touchdown pass. As far as Oregon's roster and kind of how we could maybe see Kenyon Sadiq uh, factoring into the roster uh, in the near future, I don't think that he w- the tight end was a glaring position of need, but this was really good for Oregon to – this was a good addition for Oregon, a good get for Oregon, uh, because they – you'll remember, they looked like they were the front runners for Riley Williams, who was the top tight end uh, and certainly the top player in the state of Oregon for the 2023 class. That was until he decided to pack up shop and head east to IMG Academy in Bradenton, Florida – for his final season of high school football. And that move was ultimately accompanied by another move when he announced his commitment to the University of Miami, longstanding relationship there with Mario Cristobal. So I bring that up just to say that this was a great move by the Oregon staff to adjust to Riley Williams going to Miami and still find someone uh, in the 2023 class that they could feel confident in going with. Uh, Certainly Drew Merringer likes him a lot as a prospect. Um, and the Ducks didn't land a, or sign a tight end, I should say in the 2022 recruiting class. So just kind of dialing back the clock a little bit, you'll remember that Oregon had held a commitment from Andre dollar out of Mustang, Oklahoma. He was a tight end, but he ended up actually flipping his commitment to the Washington state Cougars. Uh, so, you know, after not signing the position there, uh, it makes, after not having someone there in 2022, makes sense for tight end to be a position that they wanted to make sure that they got somebody at uh, for 2023. Oregon's tight ends are are pretty stacked, as we know, heading into this season. Um, I think headliners of the group are obviously Maliki Montevao and Terrence Ferguson, who landed on the John Mackey Award watch list as one of the best tight ends in college football. Uh, really like what we see out of Terrence Ferguson and Maliki Montevao. Uh, but you also have Cam McCormick, who's in the mix there. Patrick Herbert is finally back to 100%. That guy has battled knee injuries throughout his time at Oregon. Uh, And then you also have Terrell Tillman, who moves over from the defensive side of the ball to play some offense. Kenny Dillingham said, uh, or I think it might have been Dan Lanning, actually, um, that was saying that there was a a team meeting uh, in in spring practice or in, in the summer. And, uh, he was sitting in on that meeting and the question was asked to the group of tight ends, which one's the fastest in the room. And all the tight ends pointed at Terrell Tillman and said, he's the guy, he's the one that's the fastest out of all of us. Um, so you think a lot of high upside there for Terrell Tillman, I believe he's listed at like six, three, six, four, um, you know, two twenty. So definitely the lightest of the bunch, but, um, for him to, we've, this is a move that we've seen for Oregon uh, before, right? Uh, DJ Johnson was playing tight end for the Ducks last year after initially coming as uh, a defensive lineman. But um, just kind of to, to wrap things up on uh, on Kenyon Sadiq, uh, he's also a three-sport athlete, um, obviously plays football, has some background in basketball. And then I was doing a little bit of research on his 247 sports profile um, and it said that he runs an 11.04 100 time, which is, is awesome, especially for, for his size, right? 6'3", 220. That is uh, definitely some, some great notables, some good measurables uh, that you want to see out of a tight end. Maybe we see him flexed around the offense, maybe playing some more on the outside like Terrence Ferguson played in high school. Maybe we see some of that for him this year. I think it just really depends on what kind of frame – 
the Ducks want to have Sadiq at once he gets to the college level, right? Because he's already 6'3", 220, and you figure if you keep adding more weight there, it's going to get harder for him to move, but maybe he's just that good of an athlete that he can kind of combat that that uh you know that norm right that he can add weight but not lose any of that explosiveness not lose any of the speed not lose any of the athleticism so Kenyon Sadiq honestly a really good addition for Oregon uh I, I wouldn't be surprised if this was one of the more underrated additions for Oregon in the 2023 class because like I said it's not a major position of need and he's coming out of a state that honestly doesn't produce a ton of college football talent from a year-to-year basis, uh, but certainly a guy that Oregon obviously feels confident enough to take commitment from and, uh, you know, extend a scholarship to. So Ducks stay hot on the recruiting trail and land a big commitment from Kenyon Sadiq. That is our lead story here today on the Ducks Dish podcast. And we're going to keep on rolling with more recruiting headlines, uh, some more football talk, And then we got some more basketball talk actually on today's episode. That's not something we do uh, super often. Uh, So definitely want to make sure you stick around for that uh, because you know it's important if if we're talking hoops, seeing that we're usually football and recruiting. Um, Now we have our next story of the show. And uh, I guess you could say it's a little bit more of a negative story, but I think it's still worth noting to shed some light and insight and commentary on. 2023, um, Sacramento offensive lineman uh, Alani Noah announced his commitment to USC uh, this morning, choosing the Trojans over the Ducks. And um, this is another miss for Oregon on the recruiting trail. And I know that the offensive line has been a position kind of under a lot of scrutiny on the recruiting trail so far uh, in the recent weeks. You'll remember that uh, last month, the Ducks also missed out on um, another guy who committed to USC, that being 2023 Kennedy Catholic out in Burien, Washington, offensive lineman Micah Benuelos. Uh, so those two are now both in Lincoln Riley's 2023 recruiting class. And, and it's an interesting ebb and flow to see, right? And kind of a, a cool rivalry a little bit between Oregon and USC uh, at a position that we really don't see too much competition for. I think if, if this was... Uh, If this was uh, a Mario Cristobal, Alex Mirabal recruitment, I don't think there's a doubt in my mind that Alani Noah and Micah Benuelos end up at Oregon, but that's just because those two guys produced the position at such a high level, uh, and they were both just such elite recruiters. You saw what they did in Oregon's 2022 class. And I say all that, I don't want that to come off as a slight to Adrian Clem at all. After all, he did land Josh Connerly Jr., who was the number one tackle in the 2022 class. So, so if anyone's taking that as, you know, some shade at Clem, let's just pump the brakes a little bit here. But I think it's, it's interesting to talk about because we're seeing, we're going to see USC and, and Oregon go back and forth uh, on the recruiting trail, right? They recruit a lot of the same guys. Lincoln Riley's definitely made it a, a point to get back out in his backyard for USC and recruit some of those top players from the Southern California area. I was just at Long Beach Poly yesterday and I talked to Dylan Williams, a 2024 linebacker committed to USC, and he's still got a number of schools that are recruiting him, uh, including Oregon. So I'll make sure to get uh, a story out on, on that from that interview. Um, and that, But I, I just thought that was an interesting uh, note to throw out there because USC and Oregon don't usually battle for offensive linemen too often. So now we kind of have to reset again 
and you know track some of the names that Oregon is still involved with here in the 2023 recruiting class. The biggest name that they're still involved with, I would say, is Samson Okunlola, the five-star offensive tackle uh, out of Braintree, Massachusetts. Um, I feel like he's definitely a reach at this point. I wouldn't go as far as saying Oregon's the leader. Uh, in fact, I'd probably say that goes to Miami or maybe even Michigan State. Mel Tucker has done a pretty good job just getting a lot of juice around that program in East Lansing. Uh, but Micah Ben, or sorry, not Micah Benuelos, Samson Okunlola, definitely a name to track there. You also have Logan Reichert out of Kansas, the Kansas City area, Spencer Fano from Provo, Utah. Uh, a little bit of a newer name to watch on the recruiting trail for Oregon, Caleb Lemu. Uh, he's an Arizona offensive lineman. And then you also have names like Iapani Lalolu, a younger brother of Oregon offensive lineman Faope Lalolu. Uh, and then you also have Bryce Bolton, who earned an offer from the Ducks. He's out at Palm Desert High School in Southern California. Um, he's projecting more as an interior offensive lineman, maybe more of a center or a guard. Figure that's a position that Oregon has to prioritize here in the 2023 cycle, seeing that Alex Forsyth is entering his final year. Uh, and then the Ducks also lost um, Jonathan Dennis to the transfer portal. He's now at Miami. I uh, believe he was also involved uh, playing some center. So figure that they have to kind of build, bolster the depth there a little bit. They already have some guys on the roster for center specifically. Uh, I think Marcus Harper is probably the number two center right now in my eyes. Uh, Jackson Powers Johnson, another name that we know uh, is capable of playing the position. Uh, he was really kind of used and moved around the offensive line as a true freshman, mind you. Um, but now he's still listed as an offensive lineman slash defensive lineman. So going to be interesting to see where Oregon ultimately has Jackson Powers Johnson playing on the field this year and where he plays consistently, or maybe it's a game by game thing. We really don't know. That's one of the big interesting questions that we need to track ahead of the 2022 season. Uh, and then in the 2022 recruiting class, looking at the offensive line, um, that was just the position that was probably hit the hardest. I'd say offensive line or wide receiver were the two positions that were hit the hardest by Mario Cristobal's departure from Oregon to return to his uh, home city of, of Miami, right? But Dan Lenning, Adrian Clem, and the rest of that staff, they were able to get some pretty good pieces along the offensive line. And I think that you definitely need to give them some credit We've already talked about Josh Connerly when the Ducks were able to beat out USC and Lincoln Riley for a really important recruit in the 2022 class. I think that I bring up these guys that they added in the 2022 class because I think you need to keep it in perspective, the kind of, uh, you know, hardship or, or struggle, if you want to call it, that Oregon kind of finds themselves going through right now, recruiting offensive linemen here in the 2023 recruiting class. Um so we talked about Josh Connerly Jr. out of Rainier Beach. And then you also have Dave Uly, who was a former commit that the staff was able to get back in the fold. Uh, not something that you see as a common trend in college football recruiting. Uh, usually a guy decommits and then, uh, you know, other schools, a lot of times because other schools were, were in the picture there while he was still committed. Um, so I think that that's something that you definitely need to give the staff props for with Dave Uly getting in the fold. And then they also got, Kavika Rogers uh, out of Hawaii as kind of a late addition. Uh, I think he's kind of like a lower floor, high ceiling kind of guy. Uh, but Hawaii, every year they produce some pretty good guys. And um, I think that Oregon is, is certainly smart to continue that pipeline, keep it going. And then the last thing that we need to consider, a couple more notes on that actually. 
most of this offensive line is going to be gone after 2022, right? A lot of us know that Alex Forsyth, TJ Bass, Ryan Walk, uh, Mali Sala, Amabai Laulu, they're all entering their final college seasons in 2022 with the Ducks. But Steven Jones, Dawson Jaramillo, those are two guys that played a pretty good amount of snaps in 2021, and they would still have the option to come back uh, for another season in 2023 if they wanted to. And then there's also the transfer portal. I think that's another option that, while not ideal necessarily, maybe we see Oregon utilize the transfer portal uh, to find some offensive line answers if they're not able to kind of get the guys that they want here in the 2023 recruiting class. Really interesting comments from Dan Lanning earlier on in spring football, sorry, fall camp, excuse me. Um, and he was talking about how he thinks that, uh, you know, I'm paraphrasing a little bit here, but but it's there's kind of an interesting deal around the transfer portal. Some people think that all their answers are there, but he was saying that he doesn't think all your answers are there. You know, the answers are there and and, you know, recruiting guys out of the high school ranks and then knowing your roster really, really well, knowing the, the guys that you have, how they project, and then obviously how you think uh, some of these high school guys can come in and hopefully contribute early. So interested, excuse me, interesting to hear those comments from Lanning after uh, the initial transfer portal cycle, if you want to call it that, uh, that and especially considering the timing of Lanning's hire, Going to be really interesting to see how the Ducks continue to utilize the transfer portal uh, both now and in the future. So I can understand why some people might say there's some cause for concern um, along the offensive line recruiting for Oregon in 2023. But I think that another thing you have to consider is that maybe this staff goes after some guys that are currently committed to other programs, right? We are a program podcast. If you're new here, we say program just like Dan Lanning does, uh, kind of just a little fun thing to do here on the podcast. Um, Gerard Berry, longtime listener, he knows about it. He's always commenting program podcast. Um, but that is a legitimate option. I think Oregon has established themselves as legitimate contenders in just about any recruitment. So maybe we see Oregon go after some guys that are committed to other schools. That's an, another answer um, that, that they might be able to that they might be able to find. Going to check on the comment section here. Uh, Mikey G says, busy times for Max equals we are about to see some football. That is absolutely true. Uh, we are, what is it, less than three weeks away now from that opener against Georgia. Cannot wait to watch that game. Um, man, I, I can't even think what would happen if Oregon was able to win that game. Uh, I've kind of been in the camp that I, I don't think they're going to win necessarily. I'm not ready to predict that, but I think they should absolutely be competitive in that game. Uh, it's going to be a hostile environment out there in Atlanta. No quarter tie says, as a Duck fan, I've been watching practice reports from UGA. Kirby mentioned Oregon in his last report. It seems that we're getting into his head. Uh, this coming from a Duck fan in the beautiful from the beautiful state of Georgia. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I'd say that Oregon's getting into his head, but it has to be the primary focus, right? I think uh, a week or so ago, we heard Tosh the Poi say it's ludicrous to be thinking about Georgia. Uh, as early as now, um, because they're just focused on themselves. And I think that's a good approach to take, right? You know, your biggest opponent is you. So if uh, if this team can kind of get out of their way, uh, get out of their own way, I think that the sky is the, the limit. Uh, let's see. Mikey G said, I saw that too, no quarter. I just think it's great that Kirby called out Oregon specifically. 
instead of what other top programs seems to do seem to do just passively saying not ready without mentioning uh Oregon uh so yeah that's it, it's interesting to see some back and forth there um well maybe not some back and forth but just to see Kirby talking uh about Oregon um let's see what else do we have here uh, Cascadia Surfrider says, Max, is there any crystal ball ducks commits from the recruits left? If so, who are they? Thanks. Um, I think that question is asking who could be uh, projected to go to Oregon from the 247 crystal ball. I, I think that's kind of how I read that question. If, if I didn't, um, maybe correct me if, if I'm wrong. Um, but I think right now, uh, one guy that I think you have to keep an eye on on the recruiting trail is Amari Washington, 2023 defensive lineman out of the state of Arizona. Uh, I believe he's announcing his commitment this month. Um, and a lot of these guys are ready to announce their commitments just to get out of the way so they can enjoy their senior seasons of high school football. So I think that Amari Washington is a big guy that you need to watch for on the recruiting trail for Oregon. Probably the person I feel the most confident about right now. There's also been a lot of buzz around Jacoby Lane. He is a 2023 wide receiver out of Arizona, recently got the Oregon offer. I believe he came up to camp um, at in Eugene for Saturday Night Live. So those are two names that I think uh, we could potentially see commit to Oregon in the near future. I think we feel pretty good about where Oregon is at there. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and take a quick break here on the Ducks Dish podcast and don't go anywhere. We have more Oregon football recruiting and even some basketball, like I said, on the other side, stick around. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right. Welcome back to the Duck Stage podcast. I'm your host, Max Torres. It is Tuesday, August 16th. We are live on YouTube. YouTube.com slash Oregon Football. Max Torres is where you can find us. And uh, now we're going to go ahead and get into our next story. 
Uh, let me go ahead and pull something up on Twitter, and then we will go from there. All right. All right, all right, all right. Okay. So our next story, uh, we got an updated look at the AP poll ahead of the 2022 season. Going to go ahead and share my screen here. There you can see the updated AP top 25 preseason poll. Not a lot of surprises, at least within the, the top three, top five, right? Uh, number one, Alabama. Number two, Ohio State. Number three, Oregon's first opponent of the 2022 season, the Georgia Bulldogs defending national champions. Number four, Clemson. And number five, Notre Dame. Oregon finds themselves at number 11 in this episode of the um, – and in this edition, rather, of the preseason AP poll top 25. And then a couple other teams that, you know, stand out as, as noteworthy and where they're landing. You got you to notice uh, Utah there at number seven, led by Kyle Whittingham, coming off the program's first Pac-12 championship. Cam Rising, uh, Tavion Thomas, Brent Keithy, Dalton Kincaid, some of the big names that are going to be coming back to Salt Lake City to play for the Utes in 2022. Lincoln Riley and the USC Trojans at number 14 coming off of a four and eight season and raiding the transfer portal for a ton of elite talent. Is that too high? Is that too low? Give me some of your thoughts in the comments here and we can discuss that. Um, also have another Oregon opponent in the non-conference slate represented here in the AP poll. The BYU Cougars at number 25. Looks like they're getting some respect here, getting some love in the preseason poll. Kalani Sataki, he was uh he's kind of established himself as one of the um as one of the better coaches in the western region of the country, right? Um he led a BYU team that has predominantly been an independent for a very long time, but now there's a lot of buzz around that school. They went undefeated against the Pac-12 in 2021, and then now they're going to be heading out to the Big 12 conference in 2023. Um, so there's definitely been some discussion about, you know, after all this conference realignment stuff, should the Pac-12 go for BYU maybe and try to and try to get someone uh, someone like that to try to up the appeal of the conference, right? Um, but I think that that's pretty solid as far as the uh, number 25 spot there for the Cougs, uh, Cougars, I should say. As far as Oregon at number 11, I feel like this is about right for Oregon. They have a ton of proven talent at offensive line, uh, at, at wide receiver. Uh, a majority of that defense is, is made up of returners. Aside from the secondary, I think that the secondary – has been and still remains my biggest question mark for the Oregon Ducks in 2022. Um, wide receiver, you have a lot of talent there, but not a lot of guys that have caught a lot of passes or seen a lot of snaps in an Oregon uniform. Chase Cota, one of the most experienced guys there. I think he's going to be a great addition for this Oregon wide receiver core under Junior Adams. Really shot, saw him shine in the spring game and came away impressed there. Seven McGee, Dante Thornton, those are the two other guys that also 
compiled 100-yard receiving performances in the spring game. So you're feeling good about the weapons there. I'm not concerned about the depth at running back one single bit. Um, you have Byron Carwell coming back after a strong 2021 debut campaign in college. Uh, you also saw Marquise Irving come over from Minnesota. He was one of the most highly coveted backs out of the transfer portal. I know USC wanted him. Um, so big for Carlos Lachlan to get Marquise Irving. He also brings over Noah Whittington from his previous stop, Western Kentucky. Um, and man, that guy ran very hard in the spring game. Um, looks like he'll be one of, I think he could be one of the top receiving options for Oregon out of the backfield um, after they lose Travis Dye and CJ Verdell. And then we also have to talk about Sean Dollars, right? Sean Dollars is a, uh, we just haven't seen too much of him since he's been at Oregon after battling one major injury that caused him to miss all of last season. Um, and then you have, you know, some, some walk-ons, right? You have Aaron Smith, Preston Alford. Uh, I think that there's definitely some solid, solid talent there that's not even on scholarship, but like coach Carlos Lachlan has always said, he coaches all of his backs the same. Um, and I think that, yeah, the, like I'm just kind of saying big picture with Oregon and you also have Bo Nix at a quarterback. I think big picture, they look like a very solid team, one that should be competitive in, in every game that they play. Um, no doubt. I think that Oregon will probably be favored in a majority of the games that they play in the Pac-12 this year, which isn't a super bold statement. But when you say all of these things, as far as just kind of showing the depth that they have at a variety of positions, I think it kind of goes back to this team will go as far as Bo Nix can take them. Bo Nix hasn't been named the starter officially, but that's kind of what all the signs have been pointing to for a while now, right? Um, so when you have all this depth, all of this experience, all of this talent that's ready to break out at a variety of positions. I think that's kind of where the buck stops because that was kind of the case last year, but we saw that they only got as far as Anthony Brown could take them. There were a couple times when they were able to overcome, you know, subpar quarterback play from Brown, but that's a, a fact in college football is that you need elite quarterback play or darn good quarterback play to go far, to make it to a New Year's Six Bowl, to make it to a college football playoff bowl, and ultimately to win a college football national championship. So wanted to go through these these rankings and, and just kind of see what gives some of my thoughts on these rankings um, and just kind of, you know, get into more preview content for, for the season. I think that uh, A&M at six is interesting. Notre Dame at five is interesting with first year head coach Marcus Freeman. I think Tyler Buckner was named the starting quarterback for the Irish. NC State at 13 getting some love. I talked about how Michigan State is, is has been building in the right direction. Uh, Miami at 16 seems a little high uh, for me. Just after, I want to see what they can do on the field before they get some of that hype. Uh, I think I'd probably swap Arkansas at 19 with Miami at 16. Uh, and then Kentucky's getting some hype out of the SEC. Surprised to see that they're ranked over Old Miss. Uh, got a couple more comments here. Uh, exploring with Ben and Sam says, Chase looked really good in that spring game indeed. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, he continues to be one of my uh, kind of breakout players for this season. Someone I'm really excited to see in this new Oregon offense. Uh, Jason uh, 
Our mentor says, can't wait to see Oregon go for the kill this year instead of clinging to the lead. Could not agree with you more. Uh, if you guys have been watching the show for a while, that was one of my main criticisms of for Oregon last year is that they didn't put teams away. They were playing down to their opponent for a lot of games last season when they could have just been blowing guys out uh, because they had that much talent on the roster. Mikey G says, wide receivers started the offseason at the bottom. Now they're here. Geez, one of the best, but still unproven groups, in my opinion. Yeah, I think that that's, I would probably say that as well. Um, I think that that was one of the groups that I wasn't necessarily worried about, but more so questioning. You know, there's so much talent there, but not a ton of production uh, returns from the 2021 season. We saw Troy Franklin take maybe a little bit longer than some people thought to make his way into the starting lineup. Um, but it was also hard for him to make an impact because they just weren't calling that many big passing plays. I mean, his highlight reel was mainly just like screens and, and short intermediate passes over the middle. Dante Thornton made a quick impact as a true freshman, took his first touch to the house against Stony Brook. Um, but we haven't even seen Isaiah Brevard. Uh, and he was one of the three All-Americans that the Ducks had in that 2021 class under Brian McClendon, who is now at Georgia. So that's another matchup to watch. Uh, Oregon secondary against the Georgia wide receivers led by Brian McClendon at his alma mater. So that group underwent a lot of transition, uh, transformation rather, um, this offseason under Junior Adams. You saw them go out into the portal to get a couple pieces, Chase Coda, Caleb, um, Caleb Chapman from Texas A&M. They also got Justice Lowe as a late addition to the 2022 class, a former Utah commit from the state of Oregon. Uh, and then we also have to talk about Kyler Casper going out to get him out of the state of Arizona, which has been a major pipeline the Oregon staff has set up lately, getting him to reclassify from 2023 to 2022 so we can make an impact this year. And then getting the guys that you have coming back and trying to get them to take that next step. Uh, Chris Hudson is one of those guys that I think is in prime position to take another big step. He really came on so strong for Oregon at the end of last year when they were getting the brakes blown off of them by Utah. I feel like he was one of the only bright spots for an Oregon offense that was struggling tremendously. So Chris Hudson is definitely someone who has a lot of hype and deservedly so. Seven McGee as well makes that move from running back to wide receiver. And man, he looked right at home in the spring game again. I am excited about these guys. You know, I'm riled up about their performances in the spring game, but it is worth mentioning that it is just a spring game. Um, so we can't take too much from it unless we see them play a different opponent. Um, saw an interesting comment here from Andrew. Getting Casper took a lot of the sting out of losing T-Mac to that dumpster fire in Arizona. That was definitely one of the uh, harder recruiting losses for Oregon recently. Um, they just had an elite, elite wide receiver class. In my mind, you know, Tetero McMillan was the headliner as the California Gatorade player of the year. Isaiah Satania out of the state of Arkansas. He was a longtime commit that ended up flipping his commitment to Sam Pittman and the Razorbacks. Stephon Johnson was another guy that I, I really liked uh, coming out of the state of Texas. So, and they were also looking like the front runners to land Darius Clemens. I think if that staff stayed together, then Oregon could have gotten Darius Clemens as kind of a cherry on top of that wide receiver hall. So, um, you know, we don't need to spend too much talking about that, but I thought that was an interesting point to uh, 
talk about Oregon going into the state of Arizona to get one of the top players there uh, after Jeb Fish and the Wildcats were able to flip Tetairo McMillan in the 2022 cycle. All right, what else do we have here? We have a, a very interesting story up next. Let me just get, uh, get set up here on my end. What do I want to have here? Well, I just want to take a quick sec to say thank you to you guys that are tuned in. However you're tuned in, we greatly appreciate it. Um, so the last big story of the day uh, for Oregon comes on the hardwood. And that is that Oregon has been reported uh, as the leader to land Bronny James out of Sierra Canyon in Chatsworth, California. That report coming from on threes, Jamie Shaw. Um, this is a big development, right? Just when you thought Oregon recruiting couldn't get any hotter on the um, recruiting trail under Dana Altman. Now you see this story with Oregon looking as looking like they're the favorites to land Bronny James, son of LeBron James. Uh, the Ducks just landed Mookie Cook not too long ago. You'll remember he recommitted to Oregon after decommitting from a previous commitment that he made back in March. And then in June, he decommitted. But then the Ducks get five-star forward Kwame Evans in the fold for 2023. And we see Mookie Cook hop back on board. Um, so this is definitely a welcome development for Oregon, uh, seeing that they could potentially land Bronny James. Uh, a couple more details on, on that story. Uh, Jamie Shaw took it a step further and actually predicted that Bronny James would commit to Oregon with a confidence level of 55%. Um, also wanted to go ahead and pull some quotes from that story. Uh, just want to be totally clear that I did. This is not me reporting it. Uh, I didn't do the story. All that credit goes to Jamie Shaw, national basketball recruiting analyst for on three sports. Uh, so this is one of the quotes that kind of stuck out to me the most. Shaw writes, speaking with sources close to the situation, the ties to Oregon are deep. We are told there is comfort with the situation, the circumstances, and the program. We are told James is going to go through the process. At this point, the plan is to take virtual visits, Zooms, and in-person visits to go through the whole experience. Sources tell us at this point, Oregon has a lead and that James is looking like he will end up in Eugene. So this is a really interesting development for Oregon, not only because of the momentum that they have had on the recruiting trail, but because of some of the other schools that have emerged in his recruitment or that kind of came out on his recruitment uh, because he's a guy that's played his cards pretty close to the vest as far as his recruitment goes. Uh, who knows? Maybe even the G League could be an option for Bronny. But as of right now, as of August 16th, 2022, it looks like he's going to be playing college ball before he gets to the NBA to you know hopefully play with his dad. That's what a lot of people are hoping for. Um, but before Shaw's story came out, uh, ESPN's Paul Biancardi reported that Oregon, USC, UCLA, Michigan, and Ohio State were the initial five teams that were interested in Bronny James as far as that recruitment goes. Uh, but now Shaw is reporting in this updated Tuesday story uh, that UCLA and Michigan are no longer actively uh, recruiting him. So it's looking like this could come down to Oregon, USC, and Ohio State. 
Obviously, you don't really need to know too much about Ohio State other than the fact that LeBron James is from uh, Ohio. Uh, so maybe we could see some of that hometown. You know, that's the homeschool, quote unquote, for LeBron James, even though he obviously went straight from high school to the NBA. But the story also went on to say that most connections between Oregon and James stem from Nike, which isn't that much of a surprise because uh, LeBron James signed a lifetime contract with Nike. So this is the flagship school for Nike. Obviously, the University of Oregon also called Nike U. There's another connection here with Oregon that could be working in the Ducks' favor. Uh, there's a connection between Bronny James and Mookie Cook. They were high school, or sorry, middle school teammates uh, on the hardwood playing basketball. And then we also know, of course, that Mookie Cook is playing a young LeBron James in his upcoming movie, Shooting Stars. Um, so there, the more we read about it, there's just so many connections that could potentially be going in Oregon's favor. Oregon's class currently ranks number six in the country for 2023 according to 247 sports um that's with mookie cook kwame evans and local westland point guard jackson shellstad uh, evans and cook are ranked significantly higher than jackson shellstad but jackson shellstad looks like he'll be a solid three to four year contributor for the ducks uh here um coming up once he gets to the college level so I thought that was a pretty interesting story, seeing that Bronny James was linked to Oregon. Um, you know, Dana Altman, there's no reason. there's He hasn't shown us a reason to not have faith in what he can do on the recruiting trail. Um, even though Oregon staff has lost a couple guys in, in recent years, right? Tony Stubblefield um, went out to DePaul to take the head coaching job there. Chris Crutchfield, um, went out to, I believe it was Omaha, to take the head coaching job there. So this is an Oregon staff that has seen some turnover, yet they're still able to reel in a lot of these top-level basketball recruits. Um, and I wonder if they're going to be able to get somebody that's going to be able to dethrone Bull Bull as the top recruit in program history. But there you have it, Bronny James. Will he end up a duck? Only time will tell. No commitment date has been set right now, uh, but it's going to be a recruitment that we certainly want to follow for Dana Altman and the Oregon Ducks uh, here in the 2023 recruiting class. Going to see how much longer we can go today. Probably no more than 15 minutes, but there's one more story that we can get into um, that uh, came out today, um, or at least recently, but uh, I think it's interesting to talk about. And that is five Oregon commits landed inside the updated Rivals top 250 rankings. If you guys can see here on my screen, I'm sharing it. And I have my tweet about which prospects we're talking about. Oregon quarterback commit, the highest pro, uh, quarterback commit in program history, Dante Moore, comes in at number two, rising up seven spots in the rankings. Wide receiver Jurion Dickey comes in at number 23 overall rising 134 spots. Uh, that's definitely just a crazy, crazy jump for, for Durian. Uh, he also announced that he would be attending Menlo Atherton High School in the Bay Area for his senior season. Uh, you guys will remember that that's actually where Troy Franklin played his uh, final season. Sorry, not final season, but that's where Troy Franklin played his high school football 
so seeing some movement there as far as where Dickey is going to be playing his senior season. Cornerback Caleb Presley at number 75, he dropped eight spots. Cornerback Cole Martin, number 135, he dropped two spots. And running back Dante Dowdell is up to number 173, rising 73 spots. Uh, so definitely big to see Dante Dowdell and Jurion Dickey just keep rising. I feel like they've been rising up the recruiting rankings throughout their recruitments. Uh, if you just if you see the pictures of Dante Dowdell, that's someone who stays in the weight room and has been training all summer. Um, he was named the top running back in the state of Mississippi, and Picayune also won a state title last year. So um, we'll see if, if they can go for the repeat. Ducks definitely have a big time back there in Dante Dowdell. Just talking about running back for a second, uh, I know that uh, one of the recent developments was Richard Young committing to the University of Alabama. Uh, so that was a uh, a bit of a hit for Oregon's recruiting efforts. I think they really, really like what they have with Dante Dowdell, but they're looking to get uh, another back here in the 2022 class. Um, I'm going to go ahead and, and say this. I think that you should keep an eye on Roderick Robinson. He is currently committed to UCLA, um, but I think that Oregon is getting a little bit into the picture there again. So we'll see how that is received. I'm going to see if I can uh, maybe reach out to Robinson and and uh, see what we can do there. Um, but I think that Oregon's running back recruiting, they're going to be fine in 2023. Um, I think that they have a lot of potential. There's still some good names, kind of like what I was talking about with, with the offensive line, how they could be going after some guys that are currently committed. Um, yeah, there's an, another loss that they had on the offensive line with Miles McVeigh to uh, Alabama. That was someone um, that, that I wanted to mention here. So Oregon's recruiting class, I think it's a really, really good haul. There was a comment the other day on one of my videos asking, you know, do I think that this isn't a good recruiting class for Oregon? And I, I said, not, not really, not at all. They have the top quarterback in program history. They have some really good wide receivers with Jurion Dickey and Ashton Kozar, awesome running back. And, uh, Dante Dowdell. Now they have a tight end and Kenyon Sadiq. Um, some good pieces coming into the fold on the defensive line um, with, with Terrence Green and Michael Gardner. Uh, I think that those are two big pieces that they needed to add here in 2023, seeing that Brandon Dorless, uh, Popo Almavai, uh, guys like that are entering their last season. So there's going to be some attrition after uh, the 2022 season. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of just the last story that I had for today, uh, here on the Ducks Dish podcast. I want to say thanks to Trevor for this comment. Half of you aren't clicking the like button, just do it. Uh, would definitely appreciate it if you guys hit the like and subscribe button. As we wind down here on the Ducks Dish podcast, I want to thank you all for tuning in to this live show. And take a second out of your day, smash the like button, smash the subscribe button, and hit the notification bell so you don't miss out on future episodes of the Ducks Dish podcast and future live broadcasts here on YouTube. But with all that being said, that'll do it for us here on this episode of the Ducks Dish podcast. Do us a big favor and share the show with your family, with your friends, with other Duck fans. We are trying to grow the community, and we saw the community uh, was kind of flourishing today with the comments being super, super active once again. So uh, we're continuing to build this thing and I'm really having an awesome time doing it. Appreciate you guys for all your support. 
and we will see you in the next episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast.